Good morning, and welcome to the podcast. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. I was told that on the last episode, I sounded a bit like Daffy Duck. So, this time I figured I'd give you the full Eeyore. I have no idea what happened on the last episode. Uh, I must have recorded, somehow managed to click whatever button leads to recording at two times the speed. My apologies. Further proof that only those in the inner circle are really listening to the show because no one else said a dang word. Uh, before we get to episode seven, uh, I have been saying for the entirety of Hoss Fight that I'm looking for feedback, I'm looking for discussion, I'm looking for interaction, and I'm looking for feedback. Uh, I'm not Doc Manson, but I need to at least know that somebody's out there. And so finally, finally, uh, I got some feedback that uh, was enough to make me reconsider uh, one of the rankings from the last episode. And of course it was Jeremy uh, coming out and uh, questioning my choice from the first round, our number two seed versus our number 15 seed, uh, the Ultimate Warrior versus Butch Reed. Didn't think that the Ultimate Warrior should win, and I'm going to quote from Jeremy himself. I'm not telling you Butch was as big of a star as Warrior, or that Warrior wasn't a big boy, hard work and chicken breasts, obviously. But Warrior wasn't legit tough. Warrior never enforced his will upon anyone. His short matches against a non-jobber were sell badly, sell badly, hulk up, shoulder block, pin. Even if a person's only experience with Reed wasn't Doom, how can you say that Doom Reed wasn't more hossage than Warrior? Um... You make a valid point, and there's been some discussion in the Inner Circle chat about uh, Giants and whether or not they qualify. Um, There was a metric of, you know, uh, how many people would it take to uh, take these people out in a bar fight sort of thing. Um, Obviously, the the term Hoss is subjective. Uh, Who might be a Hoss for me might not necessarily be a Hoss for you and vice versa. But... I think in this case, uh, Jeremy makes a valid point. So we need to do some serious modifications um, to the uh, to page six. So before we can go into page seven, let's rectify and reconcile page six. Uh, if Butch Reed is to defeat the Ultimate Warrior, that means the Ultimate Warrior takes Bush, Butch Reed's spot. Uh, in the Constellations, against Monty Brown. Um, Monty Brown, I'm not going to say he enforced his will similarly to Butch Reed, obviously not, but, um, you know, the question becomes who is the hossiest, and while I don't want this to become a bar fight tournament, that's not what this is, Uh, I do think in this case, um, if I had to choose someone to be at my side in in a scrap, I'm such a scrappy guy, I think I would go with Monty Brown. So changing that up, Monty Brown now moves into the second round of the Constellations, and the Ultimate Warrior uh, drops down to the double loser's bracket. Weirdly enough... Um, I'm realizing as I'm making all of these changes that, you know, I had recorded the first 16 episodes and then I had recorded, uh, some of the, you know, all the 16 seeds and all of the 15s. If we keep going at this clip, making all of these changes, I may need to re-record the second half of this tournament because I keep swapping people out. Um, yeah. Yeah, I may need to, uh, you know, get rid of some of these episodes and 
kind of redo things. So interesting how that works. Makes me feel uh, a little bit foolish for having recorded everything. Again, wish I had done it all in one time. Um, But I think that's what you get when you record things early like this. All right, let's move on because, you know, time's a wasted. And if unless this just becomes its own separate little mini episode, which I suppose it could. All right. So now double losers bracket, the ultimate warrior versus the kiss demon that would go uh, to the warrior. Uh, But ultimate warrior versus Jerry Flynn, Jerry Flynn, a legit, um, a legit fighter. I, I think we're going to make some more changes. I think I give that to Flynn. So Jerry Flynn is 13th. Ultimate Warrior, who was in my initial rankings sixth, now drops to the 14th spot. Crazy how that works. Uh, all right. So um, now we need to go into the second round. And it becomes Butch Reed versus Otis. I think you got to go with Butch Reed again. So Butch Reed moving on into the quarter or semifinals to take on Vader. Uh, So Otis is fine. Otis stays the same. But we do need to address Monty Brown versus Davy Boy Smith Jr. Um, I, you know... I don't know a ton about Davy Boy Smith Jr. I'm sure his dad was a legit tough guy and a scrapper. I don't know about Davy Boy. I also don't know a huge amount about Monty Brown. So uh, it's a tougher decision to make here. I think I'm only going to go with Monty Brown in this case just so I don't have to make any more changes. Because uh, Butch Reed had beat Davy Boy Smith Jr. Let's say Monty Brown will do the same. So Davy Boy Smith stays in his position. He's still ninth. Uh, Monty Brown loses to Haku. So he uh, takes the place of Butch Reed in the 7 8 matchup. Uh, but in this case, I'm giving the win to Henry Godwin over Monty Brown because I, I think Henry Godwin, that, those Arkansas pig farmers, they're scrappy. Uh, so Henry Godwin is seventh. Monty Brown is eighth. And then Vader beats Butch Reed. Come on. I mean, that's not going to change. So Butch Reed goes in, uh, fights Haku, loses to Haku. And so it's Butch Reed versus Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Again, I, I think that's a that's a tricky uh, matchup there. Could go either way. And I think I'm going to keep the win to Jim Neidhart. And so Butch Reed really did just take the place. The Ultimate Warrior was sixth. Now Butch Reed is. Uh, Butch Reed was... Well, no. Butch Reed was 8th, 7th. Either way. We fixed it, Jeremy. We fixed it. Butch Reed is now 6th as opposed to being 7th. So he actually only wound up moving up one spot, which I think is interesting. This was more a reflection on the dingo um, than it was anyone else because, again, Butch Reed, you know, beats the Warrior, beats Otis, but then runs into Vader and Haku, and uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So... Butch Reed only moves up one spot, but so does Henry Godwin. Jerry Flynn moves up a spot. The Ultimate Warrior is the one who takes a, a far tumble. Um, you know, you could, if we're talking, again, these bar fight rules, which I'm not going to, uh, but you could make a case that Neidhart should have actually beaten the boss man uh, in the Constellation semifinals. Uh, I'm not going to make that case. If Ray Trailer was a legit prison guard or police officer, he's got some training and things. Uh, so what I think I do need to do here, um, in addition to calling for the intro, reminding you there will be an epilogue, and then I actually have to go listen to episode seven, uh, is I have to retype all of these rankings up. And then, yeah, I may have to rip out all of the pages of the... Uh, other tournaments, I'll have to look and see where we stand. Uh, I might have to redo. It just may need to happen. All right there, friends. Uh, Thanks to Jeremy. If you have an issue, 
you have to make your case. Just saying you don't agree isn't going to do it. You have to make your case as to why you think um, that I got the matchup wrong. And if you convince me, we absolutely screw over the warrior. That's how it happens. Hey, roll that Never get tired of listening to that theme song. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Welcome to Hoss Fight. And if I'm talking about the theme song, then you, being smart, have figured out that this is current day DC, February 2022 DC, not the August 2021 DC or July or whatever month it was um, that usually starts these shows. So here's what happened I listened back to these episodes. Audio quality, typical mediocre. No problems there. Um, but I think I I must have been um, chemically altered when I made some of these choices. Or more than likely, the choices that 2021 DC made, there is a lot more new information um, that 2022 DC has to consider. And so rather than recording an episode that would make you mad. Some of the choices I think would upset you. Uh, and then having to do a mea culpa after. Gotta have your water, your blueberry pomegranate water. Uh, I thought what I would do is I would just re-record this episode. I will tell you what I had thought, and then I will tell you about the new changes. Now, what this episode is going to miss is the legitimate random reactions, because I know what I'm getting into. So you'll have to tell me which one you like better. Do you like it when I'm excited about the names for the first time, but then perhaps wrong and I have to fix it? Or should I just, I, you know, this, this is where my head goes. I recorded all these episodes in the summer, and now it's been a while, and I don't know if they're right, and, I, and I've made some changes, and so I'm tempted to throw the whole thing out and just, you know, re-record everything. Uh, so I'm going to try it. I'm going to try re-recording this one, because there was enough that was uh, wrong. Um, and again, I actually don't think it is, I think it's, how should I put this? I don't think it has anything to do it's, – it all comes down to information. There is more information I have now. I've watched more. We've seen more. Time has passed. Um, and also, and I don't want this to be a huge thing, but as these episodes go and reaction starts, you know who you are, the definition of what makes a hoss a hoss is changing in my mind. I started this with a definition of a hoss as a big guy who wrestles with a powerful style, but also for me, can also wrestle like a cruiserweight. You know, Bam Bam Bigelow is one of the first people I think of when I think of a hoss, and he's doing cartwheels and moonsaults. So that to me is kind of a hoss. You know, if you're a big guy who moves like you're not a big guy, that moves you up the scale for me. Uh, but as you heard in the precursor to this episode, in which I fixed the things that happened in on page six, you know, we have to consider the bar fight equation. Um, and that, I think, has led to some of these changes, plus, again, some other information that we'll discuss. So I might as well start now that I've made all sorts of concessions. Um, in this episode, we started with the number two seed. So we started halfway down the bracket. I'll do the bottom of the bracket first and then move up to the top. Um, that's not the optimal way, I think. We discover the optimal way of doing it as we go, but I don't want to spoil that for you. Uh, so I'm not going to pretend like I don't know who these names are, but I will try to uh, 
remember what I thought when I got these names for the first time. And we begin with the number two seed, my personal wrestling god, John Bradshaw Layfield. JBL, number two seed, uh, 100% a hoss. 100% a hoss. Uh, even today with his you know, much nicer, shorter hairstyle, and he's lost some weight. Uh, if I'm going into a bar fight, I'm taking both members of the APA with me if I can. Uh, you know, I remember talking about, and, and I can just mention it again, um, the first wrestling show in college that I went to, I think, uh, SmackDown came to local casino, Mohegan Sun, don't even, I don't know why I'm couching it, uh, Doc went, uh, I went, GQ went, Doc's brother went, and Doc's brother brought a friend from working at CVS. Uh, he was like maybe like 15, 16. So it's three college-age kids, Doc's brother who is out of college, and this guy who's now in his mid-20s, a teenage friend. It was a little weird that part um but we're in the crowd i've got a button-up shirt on because i thought it would be cool to wear a button-up shirt to a wrestling show uh, i've got like a button-up shirt untucked jeans jbl's music hits and i throw my arms to the side i may have even gone down like into like and i'm like we're up in the stands and i'm just turning around just reveling in his music probably the only person cheering for jbl in my entire section if not the entire arena I love JBL. We talked in the last episode about the whole thing with uh, Big Evil and the and the, the transition from Dead Man to American Badass. This is the exact same thing from Cowboy, New Black Jack, Acolyte. Now he's uh, you know in the APA, and then he goes to this financial guru. It's a, such a complete change of character, and it works beautifully to have this guy this giant guy who never backed down from a fight suddenly becoming in many ways a cowardly heel it was beautiful he's the number two seed and he's going to very easily defeat the number 15 seed who is head shrinker samu no offense to samu he's a hoss he's a head shrinker gotta be a hoss but that's a very easy win for jbl our number 10 seed savio vega I consider Savio Vega a hoss, um, especially now if you've seen him wrestle uh, recently in like MLW and things in which he broke out. Quang! I'm actually kind of glad that I'm re-recording this because I say quang a couple of times. Um, there's a way in which my voice kind of modified when I said quang. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but it was a little weird how I said it. But... Uh, you know, now Savio Vega is, he meets that rhino classification of being wider than you are tall. But even back when he was a, a Bariqua or Quang in the original, like I considered him a hoss. He was a big dude, big dude, scrappy dude, doing spinning leg lariats in the corner, which was an awesome move. I consider him a hoss. Uh, too bad he's going up against somebody who's even more hossish, road warrior animal. In our seventh seed, cannot both road warriors are hosses. Obviously, um, animal the even stronger and hossier of the two. You know the jumping shoulder block being the guy who sets up people for the doomsday device. He is certainly a hoss. He defeats Savio Vega, but now he's got to wrestle JBL in the next round. Our number three seed is Miro a.k.a. Rusev. Anyone who comes out on a tank is a hoss. I think that's a, that means Shotzi Blackheart is a hoss. I'm sorry. I don't make, well, I do make the rules, but that's the rule I made. Shotzi Blackheart is a hoss. Maybe she'll be in the tournament. <coughs> Choked a little bit of my water. Um, no doubt Miro is a hoss. Uh, painfully. Painfully, uh, he's going up against one of my favorite hosses uh, because he's 
Well, he's Amish, everyone. Miro, through the twist of fates, is going up against Roadkill. Um, the chicken licking, picking, pluck, I don't know what his nickname was, but either way. Uh, Miro and Roadkill. I mean, what a match. What an absolute hoss fight of a match that would be to see Rusev and Roadkill go at it. But yeah, Miro's got to win. I mean, come on. Uh, that match, uh, I can't argue with. That match. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Um, so Miro wins. Uh, Roadkill goes into the Constellations. Our number 11 seed, Dino Bravo. Again, uh, maybe slightly undersized to be a hoss, but when your build is Canada's strongest man and you know that's kind of your shtick, that's your gimmick, I think that kind of automatically moves you up into hoss, the hoss class. Um, I was never a huge fan of Dino Bravo. Uh, you know, watching Coliseum video, he was always, you know, kind of your mid-card bad guy. Uh, he was he just never did anything for me. Uh, and he's going up against Trevor Murdoch. Now, in summer of 2021, Trevor Murdoch wins this match because he is a multi-time tag team champion. Not sure Dino Bravo won any gold in the WWF. Uh, and had himself a good career. And I think I mentioned in the original recording... That he's still going. He's, he's, his career has had a little bit of a renaissance, and he's still actively wrestling. So I give Trevor Murdoch the win over Dino Bravo, setting up Murdoch versus Miro in the quarterfinals. More on that later. Our number one seed, he's the head of the table. I mean, come on. Now, I have in the past argued as to whether or not Roman Reigns qualifies as a power wrestler slash hoss. Um, he had, over the years, a lot of difficulty lifting up anyone for that power bomb. Um, it wasn't good. You know, he had the weight belt. He had back issues. Now, since then, especially in this match with Seth Rollins, and I understand Seth Rollins is not a hoss, uh, but he was throwing Seth Rollins around with ease. So I think, especially with this new heel turn, um, if there was any doubt in my mind as to whether Roman Reigns was a hoss, that doubt is gone. Um, so yes, he's a hoss and clearly deserves to be the number one seed. Uh, and he goes up against the 16 seed, another Murdoch. This is Dick Murdoch. Clearly a hoss. Uh, clearly not in the same class as Roman Reigns. But if you're choosing sides for a bar fight, I think you pick Dick Murdoch over Roman Reigns. Just a hunch on my part. Um, you know, remember these rankings come from cage match, which is why Dick Murdoch only qualifies as a 16th seed. I only ever knew Dick Murdoch as that old guy who randomly showed up at a Royal Rumble one time in the 90s. Um, I'm still not well-versed in Dick Murdoch. Uh, so I gave Roman the win. That is the right answer. <laughs> and I mentioned the possibility of a Murdoch versus Murdoch matchup, which I would always find entertaining. Our number nine and eight matchup, always one of my favorites because they're so evenly matched. Um, and that is true. Number nine is Ian Rotten, not to be confused with brother, quote-unquote, brother Axel Rotten. And number eight is Horace Hogan. And I believe I'm going to quote from the first episode when I said, that match stinks. The fact that they're eight and nine seeds stinks. And even back then I knew it stunk. And so I turned to a hoss who had made their debut recently and hadn't made it onto Cage Match's rankings yet. And so Ian Rotten and Horace Hogan, before their match even starts, gets taken out by Omos, who is most definitely a hoss. Omos takes out Ian Rotten, takes out Horace Hogan, beats them both, and sets himself up for a quarterfinal matchup with Roman Reigns, which I have to tell you, sounds like a really good match. Roman versus Omos would be a lot of fun to see. All right. Our number four seed, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Ho! Uh, 
again. Clear-cut first ballot Hoss of Famer. <laughs> Just made that up. Um, Hamhock fists, big guy, powerful guy, football guy, probably don't want to cross him in a bar fight. Jim Duggan taking on the number 13 seed, Bronson Reed. Now, Bronson Reed meets what I was talking about earlier in the qualifications for being a hoss. Big guy doesn't always wrestle like a big guy. I love that. I'm a big guy. I would love to think I could be a cruiserweight if I wanted to. Like, I just need like two or three moves, you know, a senton from the middle rope, like Bubba Dudley. That would be one of my moves. Or perhaps some sort of, I couldn't dive outside the, you know, maybe some sort of um, PCO, you know, Jean-Pierre Lafitte, I'm on the apron and I do the cannonball. I think I could do the cannonball. Even whether it's in the corner or outside the ring, I think I could just, you know, r- run, waddle, and kind of throw myself off in a weird sort of somersault-ish thing and just pray the person catches me. Um, but obviously, he's not Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And so Jim Duggan gets the win there. I don't think there's any argument. Here's where the argument comes in. Interestingly enough, the first big change I have to make, all this other stuff was fine. Had no issue with that. Um, the issue comes in the 12-5 matchup to end our first round. The number 12 seed is Adrian Adonis. The number 5 seed is Brian Cage. Now, Brian Cage, let's start with him. Clearly a hoss. Muscles on top of muscles on top of muscles. Big guy wrestles in a style that doesn't necessarily always befit the power guy, which is why I kind of... Well, actually, I don't like Brian Cage, but I have that respect for the way he wrestled Brian Cage. Um, I gave him the win over Adrian Adonis because last summer, um, having not watched a lot of 80s wrestling, I knew Adrian Adonis as the guy from the flower shop who, yes, he's big. And yes, he qualifies in the size metric for Hossish, but... A guy, that flower shop gimmick does not meet the eye test of being a hoss. So I gave Cage the win. Now, a couple of things have happened since then that make me change my mind. Number one, Brian Cage uh, has wrestled twice in 2022, you know, and like hasn't been in AEW since October. And then he wrestled in... uh, XPW, whatever that is. You know, he wrestled uh, Will Ospreay recently. Um, You know, Will Ospreay said something about how this guy deserves to be on every roster. Now, if you're like me and you don't give two figs about what Will Ospreay says, then it doesn't really matter. But Brian Cage has kind of disappeared. Um, But really, the issue is, in, in the last month, I've been watching some 80s wrestling. Um, you know, in, in honor of my friend, the fish man, uh, I've been watching some eighties wrestling and not only did I see the East West connection, but I saw Adrian Adonis come from AWA to the WWF and he is immediately booked as a top contender for Bob Backlund's title and watching that guy wrestle with the goodnight Irene sleeper, which I'm sure he used before or in the flower shop gimmick, but that guy wrestle. Much more of what I would consider to be a hoss. And again, Brian Cage is muscly. I don't know how that translates to toughness. Adrian Adonis, if you're going to do the flower shop gimmick, you probably can win any fight you're in. So I'm making my first change here, and I am saying that Adrian Adonis is going to defeat Brian Cage, uh, setting up a great second-round matchup in Duggan versus Adonis. And then, going into the Constellations here, setting up an interesting matchup between uh, Bronson Reed, a.k.a. Jonah, and Cage. They wrestled in January for uh, Revolver, which apparently is, you know, a promotion. Um, So that was the first big, big change. Um, You know, I probably could have played the first 10 or 15 minutes. That's the other thing. So I record these episodes. I don't want to go in and have to like isolate the audio and pull that section out and put that section in. If I was more savvy, I would be able to, you know, interrupt myself 
with some sort of cool sound effect. And, you know, after I had said Brian Cage wins, immediately hit the brakes and jump in, future me jumping in to correct past me and making that change. That sounds like a lot of work, guys. If, if you know, and it's not that I don't appreciate those that are listening, but this is what you get. So, constellations, a lot doesn't need to change. And again, we'll begin from midway and go around. Uh, Savio Vega, I think, beats Samu. Savio didn't win. Uh, did he win any titles in WWE? Let me think for a minute. No, but as a single star, um, he did, you know. And I, I think that's a tough matchup. Samu and Savio is a tough matchup, but I do think I'm giving it to, um, to Savio Vega. So that happens. Um, Amish Roadkill defeats Dino Bravo. He's Amish. The Amish defeat the Canadians uh, in this instance. Dick Murdoch defeats uh, Ian Rotten and Horace Hogan. It could be a handicap match. Could be a hardcore handicap match. Hogan could have the stop sign. Doesn't matter. Dick Murdoch wins. And then in the matchup between uh, Bronson Reed and Brian Cage, or Jonah, let's actually be respectful and call him by the name he's going by now, Jonah and Brian Cage, I had had Bronson Reed beating Adrian Adonis, which was another mistake on my part. Now, thankfully, I've rectified that by having Adonis beat Cage. Um, There's no way Bronson Reed should have beat him. Because, again, Bronson Reed, I don't think I have those stats up. And he has wrestled more. Um, But he hasn't reached that level yet. Uh, But I will say, and I'll keep this, I will have Bronson Reed beat Brian Cage. I will have that. So... Uh, that sets up our double losers bracket. Brian Cage taking on, um, again, Ian Rotten and Horace Hogan, and Cage wins. Uh, Samu versus Dino Bravo. I had said Dino Bravo, but I'm changing my mind right now because, again, the power of being Samoan um, sort of means that you're, you're going to go far. So I'm going to give Samu the win over Dino Bravo. Maybe I'm making you mad again. Maybe you think it should have been Dino Bravo, and now I'm changing it. But that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to say, in a battle between Ian Rotten and Horace Hogan, I give that to Horace just because I thought the stop sign was cool. I liked that. So uh, Ian Rotten's one of those rare 17th seeds. We're actually going to go a little beyond 256. Horace Hogan will be 16th. Dino Bravo will be 15th. And then Brian Cage versus Samu. He's Samoan. He's Samoan. So I got to say that Cage will be 14 and Samu will be 13. So I've already made a bunch of changes because it was Adonis was 13th. Dino Bravo was 14th, Samu was 15th. I've already changed a bunch, so I'm glad I'm re-recording this episode. Um, so there we go. So from the bottom, Ian Rotten, Horace, Dino Bravo, uh, Brian Cage, Samu. I'm content enough with that. Now we need to do our second round. Uh, JBL and Road Warrior Animal. Again, great match. You pull prime JBL and prime Road Warrior Animal. That's a fantastic hoss fight i'm giving it to jbl because it's my tournament and it's jbl and we know i cannot be be unbiased when it comes to jbl so he is going to win defeating road warrior animal who will take on bronson reed in the constellations uh miro versus trevor murdoch okay this was the other big thing we have to talk about um If Miro wins, I get my Murdoch versus Murdoch battle. But let's look at the numbers. When this began, when I recorded this the first time, Trevor Murdoch was kind of just making his way back into the NWA. He's now the NWA champion and has been so, I believe, since August. Let me look. Yes. August 29th, Trevor Murdoch defeats Nick Aldis. He is the NWA champion and has been so since. Now, to be fair, he has only wrestled, according to Cage Match, seven times since August. 
which is something. Um, but he's now the NWA champion. And wherever you rank the NWA now, I'm assuming you go WWE, AEW, or you flip it. I don't care. Um, and I'm, cons- I'm including all the NXTs under that umbrella now. Uh, and then you go Impact or New Japan, wherever you rank them. The NWA is on your list somewhere, but it's probably like fifth, sixth, seventh, depending on which promotions you're including. Um, but he's the champion. And he's beaten, okay, well, he beat Mike Knox, which isn't that exciting. But let's just stop right there. Let's just stop and say he's the champion. He is the NWA champion. That's what has happened since I recorded this episode the first time. What has Miro done since then? Um, He was the TNT champion. He beat Fuego del Sol. He wrestled Eddie Kingston. Then he lost the belt in September to Sammy Guevara. And again, according to Cage Match, since that time, since the end of September, when he lost to Sammy Guevara, he has wrestled twice, both in November. He wrestled Orange Cassidy and he wrestled Brian Danielson. Quality of competition, Orange Cassidy is above Mike Knox, in my opinion. So the quality of competition goes to Miro. But he hasn't done anything else. Now, maybe he's hurt. I don't know. Maybe he's injured. Maybe he wanted a break. Maybe AEW doesn't have any plans for him, so they're just paying him to stay home and hang out with Lana. But when I recorded this this summer, Miro was an easy win over Trevor Murdoch. Is that the case now? Miro's WWE career was far better than Trevor Murdoch's. There is no doubting that. Miro had a WrestleMania moment. Um, Rusev had, he threw a fish. He was a big part of storylines for a while. Overall, his career didn't pan out the way I and many other people would have liked. But he had a more successful career. And now he's in a more successful promotion, AEW, greater than sign NWA. I don't think we can argue that. Actually, that's not true. Jeremy could totally argue that. But regardless. But. At least in terms of recent history, Murdoch has been doing better. But that can't be it. It can't be enough. So I'm going to, I think, continue to give the win to Miro. But it's much closer than I would have ever dreamed it would be um, when I first recorded this. So Miro's going to advance. He'll take on uh, JBL. Great match. Perfect for me. And I do get that Murdoch versus Murdoch battle that I like. Um, Roman Reigns is going to defeat Omos. Undoubtedly, there would have to be some chicanery involved in doing so, but he's the head of the table. Omos is doing far better than I ever expected him to do, but I still don't know what his ceiling is. Is he a world champion? I don't know. But he's, like I said, way better than I thought he would be, so jury's still out. But Roman Reigns will be almost, almost will be taking on (laughs) Amish Roadkill. Uh, And then a matchup I do have to change, because, again, I will admit it. I I will admit when I was wrong I gave Brian Cage the win over Jim Duggan. I don't know what I was thinking. I can make a case for all the other ones. That one, that was the point. I got to that point listening back, and I was listening to myself try to justify a win for Brian Cage, and I went, no, I must have been on shrooms. The birds, the CIA birds must have been sending in some sort of weird chemical that altered my brain chemistry and made me think that Jim Duggan should lose to Brian Cage. Um, But now he's wrestling Adrian Adonis. So at least that, again, I fixed it. Uh, But Duggan has to beat that one too. Duggan has to beat Adrian Adonis, I think. Um, Yeah, he has to. So Duggan's going to win to take on Roman Reigns. And so down here, where it was going to be Savio versus Jim Duggan, it is now Savio versus Adrian Adonis. So there's a lot. I'm glad I have multicolored pens because you can trace 
all of my <laughs> changes going from the purple pen to to the black pen. All right. We have fixed things. Now let's move into the uh, constellations. Savio versus Adrian Adonis. Got to give that to Adrian Adonis now. Um, so Adonis wins. Now, granted, I had Duggan beating Savio. So Savio goes into the next loser's bracket, which I am fine with. I'm having Roadkill beat almost because it's my tournament. And almost hasn't done enough yet to beat my Amish Roadkill. Um, so Amish Roadkill wins. Uh, Dick Murdoch versus Trevor Murdoch. This is the one that I am just going to say right now. I have not enough information on Dick Murdoch. I haven't seen his Texas Outlaws team with Dusty Rhodes. I haven't seen enough of him wrestle. I'm going to give it to Trevor. I know in saying this to you now that that is probably the wrong answer, but it's the only answer I can give based on the information that I have. Um, so I'm giving the win to Trevor Murdoch, again, the current NWA champion. And then, of course, uh, Road Warrior Animal defeats Jonah, a.k.a. Bronson Reed. Um, that's not, not a question for me. All right. So now we have our next four. Um, Savio Vega versus Omos. I'm giving it to Savio again. Length of career. Uh, Omos hasn't worn a mask and done spin kicks yet. I gave Bronson the win over Dick Murdoch. That was before. I had said in the last episode that I didn't know what was going to happen. I had no idea when these were coming out. I didn't know when I would be done with the tag tournament. Um, and I said, I believe, at, in that episode, Bronson Reed could be Intercontinental Champion right now. He could be released right now. He could be injured. He could be, you know, I wanted to say he could be dead, but that seemed like poor taste. So it's slightly better taste now. Um, he's been released, and I didn't love the way he handled it. Now, granted... It was a big surprise, and I don't think anyone thought it was the right idea, but I didn't think he handled it well, and so it did sort of sour me on Bronson Reed, a.k.a. Jonah. But again, I have no information on Dick Murdoch. Um, but yeah, it doesn't feel right to... So I'm changing it. I'm giving Dick Murdoch the win over Bronson Reed because... Bronson Reed now, I have a sour taste in my mouth, and I'm only drinking blueberry pomegranate. It's not that sour. Uh, so I am saying that Bronson Reed will be almost. So almost is 12th. Jonah is 11th. And then I am saying that I'm going to give Savio the win over Murdoch again because I don't have enough information. I got him to beat Bronson. Um, but I'm going to say Murdoch is now 10th. And Savio is ninth. So really all I did there was just switch Murdoch and Bronson Reed. And I'm happy I did it. All right. Another round of the uh, Constellations. Adrian Adonis versus Roadkill. Uh, I love you, Roadkill. But this is this is as far as I can go for you. Uh, we'll give the win to Adrian Adonis. Road Warrior Animal defeats Trevor Murdoch. That is not a question here. Um... So we have our matchup to determine who is eighth and who is seventh. Roadkill versus Trevor Murdoch. I gave it to Murdoch before. I see no reason to change my mind now. He's the NWA champion. Murdoch is seventh. Roadkill is eighth. And I am happy with Roadkill at eighth. That seems right. Right in the middle of the pack. I am the maven of the mid card. Perfect. All right. Semifinal time. JBL versus Miro. It was going to be JBL before. It's the fact that Miro's kind of disappeared again, maybe he's injured. Maybe he has a perfectly good reason for not having wrestled in almost three months now, but I'm giving the win to JBL. Miro will take on Adrian Adonis and then Roman Reigns and Jim Duggan. I gave, it was cage and I gave Reigns the win. It's Duggan. I'm still giving Reigns the win. This head of the table gimmick is really something special, um, but that's a much tougher fight. Oh, that's a tougher fight. Uh, Reigns, 
Reigns better bring up that other Uso from NXT to be there. He's going to need at least four or five guys to take out uh, Jim Duggan. And so we have Jim Duggan in an amazing Haas fight uh, taking on Road Warrior Animal. What a Haas fight that would be. Um, so, yeah, Reigns versus JBL is our final. It's been the, it was the final in July and August. It's the final now. Uh, Adrian Adonis versus Miro. I will give the win to Miro because, A, I liked Rusev a lot, and, B, uh, Adrian Adonis was originally ranked 13th. He's going to be much higher. I'm happier. I feel more content that I'm done right by Adrian, uh, so I'm happy with him losing to uh, Miro here. And then Road Warrior Animal versus Jim Duggan. Ooh, I said it before and hadn't really thought about it. Oh, um, okay. Huh. Animal's got the more successful career. That's not a, that's not a question. Jim Duggan's a better singles star. If I'm going into a bar fight, I think I want Duggan. Not just because he's got a two-by-four, but I think I'd rather have him at my back. I guess the question is, <laughs> so here's how I'm looking at it. I haven't been to a bar in probably 10 or 15 years, but regardless, um, if I'm in a bar fight and I have to have one of them standing next to me and one of them standing across from me, who do I want where? Do I want Animal next to me and Duggan over there? Or do I want Duggan next to me and Animal over there? And I think I don't want to fight Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I'd rather fight Animal. So I think I got to give this to Jim Duggan. Uh, so Duggan and Miro will battle for third place. Um, we're changing all sorts of things. This 5-6 matchup is completely changed. It was Brian Cage versus Jim Duggan. Now it's Road Warrior Animal versus Adonis. I'm giving it to Animal. So Adonis is sixth. Animal is fifth. Duggan versus Miro. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Miro. Um... Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Now, granted, again, he was fifth, but now he's third in our Haas fight. And I'm not changing anything about the final because now we have Roman Reigns and the bloodline versus JBL and his cabinet. So you have the Usos and Orlando Jordan and the Bashams. Now, the Usos are far better than those others, but... At least this is a great Haas fight in which there's just so much cheating happening on all sides. You've got Heyman out there, but then you also have Jillian Hall out there. And, you know, I, I, I think that match would be amazing. My heart belongs to JBL. We all knew this was going to happen from the moment I said his name. Um, JBL is my winner of page seven, my number one seed, but we made a ton of changes here. Let's see how many people moved spots. One, two, three, four, uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We changed 10 of the, turns out to be 17 names uh, changed. So it really did make sense to just do this page fresh because we made a lot of a lot of changes, and because I do like how this works, um, let's go back and see. JBL, who was our number two seed, made it to number one. Roman Reigns, who was our number one seed, uh, makes it to number two. So they just switch places. Uh, number three was Jim Duggan, who was ranked fourth. So again, pretty similar. Miro, who was ranked third, is fourth. So they switch places. Our number five seed, Road Warrior Animal, moving from seventh to fifth. 
Uh, let's just read the number fives. All right. King Kong Bundy, Carrie Von Erich, Rikishi, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Brian Adams, Jim Neidhart, and Road Warrior Animal. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. Uh, our number six, Adrian Adonis, who was 12th. Big jump for Adrian, thanks to uh, All-Star Wrestling, because I got to watch... Uh, some Adrian Adonis squash matches, and he immediately comes in. This is the interesting thing. He and Jesse Ventura, East-West Connection in AWA, they both go to the WWF at the same time, but they're not allied with each other. In fact, I think they even have two different managers. Jesse Ventura shows up, wins a couple matches, but is doing nothing. Adrian Adonis immediately top contender for Backlund's title. And I understand that in the territory days, that's how it worked. You brought in a new guy, a new heel, to try to take the belt off your babyface champion. And, you know, that. but still, it was very cool to see. All right, number seven, uh, Trevor Murdoch. That stays the same. Number eight, Amish Roadkill. That stays the same. Our number nine. Oh, wait, where did they rank? That's what I was supposed to be doing. Murdoch was sixth. Again, only one point difference. Roadkill, 14th. Big jump to eight, but that's just me being a sucker for that. Savio Vega is ninth. He was 10th. Very similar. Dick Murdoch, who was 16th, gets a much more respectable place at 10th. Our 11 seed is. Bronson Reed, who was 13th, so again, not that bad, not that far off. And our 12th seed was Omos, who was unranked. 13th, Samu. Samu was 15th, not that far off. 14 was Brian Cage, who was ranked 5th. Big fall for Brian Cage, but... And I did have this in the back of my mind based on what we did in the, the prologue. That puts Brian Cage and the Ultimate Warrior in the same bracket. And don't doesn't that just sound right that the Ultimate Warrior and Brian Cage should be in the same bracket? Uh, and then we've got 15, what did we say? Dino Bravo falling from 11th to 15th, then Horace Hogan, and then... Ian Rotten in 17th place. Wait, Al Green's supposed to be here, too. Where's Al Green? Either way. All right there, friends. There we go. Seven pages down. That was fun. A lot of changes to be made. Um, doing a quick glance at... Oh, yeah, no. Doing a quick glance at the eighth page. I don't think we will need to make nearly as many changes. Um, so we'll go back to our usual. I'll listen to page eight, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. But this was a random episode for you in which we just had to throw it all out and start again, and I'm glad that we did. Thanks for joining me on this episode. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. I will see you the next time we celebrate the joy of booking. <laughs>